Blog Talk Radio. Father Stone, 
Pancakes and Power Slam is going on strong. Uh, Bobby Fulton, very quickly, give a shout-out to Chris. When you think of Chris Featherstone and Pancakes and Power Slams, what is, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, I think uh, dedication, as you said, 300 and, 318 shows, did you say? Also, yes. uh, we have a mutual love and uh, course with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but then, of course, professional wrestling and uh, and everything. So we have a common thread with 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 both things, you know, as far as uh, wrestling goes, as far as our Christianity and our walk. I follow him on his Facebook page and and uh, things, and uh, he he, uh, he is not just uh, the one thing of it is is just there's people that talk about what they are, and then there's people that live it. And it's very important for us as Christians today more than ever, as our Savior soon be coming, to not yeah. just talk the talk but walk the walk. And I'm thankful that Chris and does that, and, and and I can see that. You know, oftentimes people don't realize it's the times when you're not on top of the mountain is when people watch you and watch how you're going to react spiritually. And uh, I know, uh, you know, like you said, he came through surgery successfully. I I praise God I've never had to go through a surgery. I may have to on my shoulder coming up. I'm doing everything I can to keep from it. But uh, I know that uh, especially back surgery is very serious stuff. It's nothing to play with. And I'm just thankful that God uh, blessed him with a successful surgery and looking forward to his full recovery. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Very good words for a great man. Great words about a great man from a great man, <clears throat> Chris Featherstone. Um, brother Bobby, yes, wanna wanna ask you this: Is uh, nowadays with the world of professional wrestling, somebody called it sports entertainment? I know your days it was professional wrestling. Um, brother, I'm a professional wrestler. I'm not yes, a sports entertainer. <laughs> I'm not a worker. I'm a professional wrestler. And yes, I just uh, think uh, when people say, are you a worker? I'm not a worker. I didn't aspire as a little kid to be a worker. I didn't aspire as a little kid to be a to be a sports entertainer. I'm a professional wrestler. And I um, praise God that almost 40 years in doing something whoa. that I love to do, 40 years, brother, that's a long time. It and is. I'm very thankful that God blessed me with such a, Lengthy career And and if I may say um, Myself You know Bobby we've talked off air a lot You've been on my show uh, sure. Me and Featherstone We were um, You know we got to see you uh, WrestleMania weekend And like to say you do right. brother look good You still look well You know we can recognize you Say wait that's brother Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics We can yeah. watch old videos yeah. And recognize yeah. you And that's a testimony Thanks Because you know, a lot of the boys we you wrestle with them. We we know them outside. Me and Chris. Sure. Everyone is not blessed or fortunate to say, but you know, different circumstances to still look the part and still look as Thanks. healthy as you Thanks. do or some do. Thanks. You know, as and you know, so. I had I had double pneumonia when I was there in uh, New Orleans. Wow. I just didn't tell anybody. I was I was sick as a dog and thank you for the compliments and man i owe you the checks in the mail brother thanks for the compliments you know um 
I tell you, a lot of times people don't realize it, but but it's but if you look at Christian people, godly people, and I mean, hey, I've I, I've I've had my share of mistakes and things, but for the most part, people that live godly lives and follow the, the principles as a Christian, there's a peace that passes understanding, all understanding, and you can. And a lot of times you can read a person's life on their face. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And I'm very thankful for the compliment that you paid me, and that uh, yeah. that uh, you know I might not as be as good as I once was, but every once in a while I'm as good as I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> I like you saying you know. that. You should put yeah. that on the shirt. Uh, yeah, man. Ask you, that's right. With I was alluding to it, pro wrestling today, that day me and Chris talk about this a lot and with a lot of our fans, you, you see a you see a, a confusion with the fan base. You know, WWE, uh, mainly talk with them, they're the biggest shark right now. Ring of Honor, sure. wherever you go, you see a heel, you know, a bad guy. Right. They, they, they're putting them out as, okay, this is the heel, but the fans are cheering them. And then you have WWE say, okay, here's the face, like Roman Reigns, people are born them. So we want to ask yeah. you for a couple minutes is talk about the psychology of what it takes to be a heel and a face in your day when you were wrestling and still today, well, your thoughts and your psychology. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. If Roman Reigns was wrestling back in the day, they would have fired him already because he can't get the job well, done. If they hired him as a babyface, and Jerry Lawler told me that one time when I was breaking into business, young, I was going out to the ring and and I was wrestling underneath, and underneath means that you're at the bottom of the rung, and it got to the point that people knew I was going to lose when I walked to the ring and I was working in Memphis. I said, man, the people are booing me when I walked to the ring. He said, well, maybe it's time for you to go. You're here as a babyface, and. Like I said, if Roman Reigns was wrestling back in the day, and I mean, I give all props to his family and where he comes from and who he is. But as far as getting the job done as a professional wrestler, sport, even as a sports entertainment, he's not getting it done because he is not able to make that connection with the people. The people just aren't buying him. He needs to become a heel. And just forget about it. Vince is going to keep them higher. But if they're going to keep them doing what they're doing, then they need to turn them heel or get rid of them because he's not going to be an asset to the company. And whoever he beats, he's going to make them more popular, just like Brock Lesnar. The more Brock Lesnar beat on them and bloodied him, was the more the people got behind Brock. So with that being said, if this would have been Back in my day, Roman Reigns would either be a heel or be fired right now because he's not he's not getting the job done. Let me ask you a question. If sure. You were, you, it's your job, at, at our job. If we don't do our job, do we stay hired? Oh, no. You don't. Do we, you get fired. You get hired. written up. You get fired. You get, you get replaced. But for some reason, and, and here's, here's where Vince is at. Vince, Vince is wanting to prove a point, and he can't prove it because it just ain't going to happen. 
he can't he can't get over to save his life, regardless of the big money machine that's behind him. And and see Vince is Vince is trying to rewrite wrestling in so many ways that and and he can't reinvent the wheel. You understand what I'm saying? The people, the people, the people weren't connecting at all with Roman Reigns, and I'm not being mean about it. You understand what I mean? Hey, being honest, that's, that, that's exactly what we like here. Is being honest, <clears throat> not trying to play yeah. safe, and giving you giving you a viewpoint. Um, when I yep. ask you, T, with that, one very quickly, what 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 could you? If you were talking to Roman Reigns right now. What would you tell him to do so he could connect with the fans to be over as a legit face? And the last question for today, for tonight, is do you think the Fantastics, you and the late, great, you, you take, you've had tag team partner, Tommy Rogers. Tommy Rogers. Do you guys think that you guys should be or will be inducted to the Hall of Fame? I'll answer the first question first. For some reason, the people don't believe in Roman Reigns. And I'm I'm afraid at this point, I would have to make him a heel. If I was the man in charge, I would have to make him a heel or let him go, because he can't. He's got not getting the job done as a babyface, for whatever reason it is, and just turn him as a heel. And then you know what'll happen? The people will eventually like him, and turn him back babyface. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, he's not no he's not no giant out there. Then they got him wrapped in that that Kevlar shirt that he wears, and and and, and the thing of it is, the people know why he wears it, and they tell you because he don't have abs, he's not cut up, he's not this, he's not that, and that's why Vince has him wear that stuff. But then while we're speaking of him, also uh, the other two guys that was in the uh, Shield too. One's uh, one's not a very good wrestler. And that's the guy, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. He's not very good at all. And then the other one's a great athlete, but he hurts everybody. So for some reason, now that click, they've got three guys. And, I mean, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying it the truth. And we all know it. Seth Rollins is a great athlete. There ain't nothing he can't do, but he's got to learn to work. And Dean Ambrose the same. Maybe, maybe, maybe they all, maybe. Maybe they all need to go back to NXT. I don't know, but the thing of it is, if I was if I was Roman Reigns, you you had Brock Lesnar, the biggest heel there, beat the heck out of your WrestleMania, and the people cheered him. He, they got a long road to haul if they want to try to get him as a babyface. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do, sir. I do. And I'm I'm afraid that I'm afraid that they've done everything they can do. Except for just beat the whole everybody up, but then the people aren't going to—they're not going to cheer him anyway. I mean, he does some great stuff, you know, and, and all of them do. And I wasn't throwing off on Dean Ambrose and them, but he—he's he, not that good. And uh, the other guy, Seth Rollins, a great athlete, but hurts everybody. And then you got Roman Reigns that can't get over. So what kind of good asset are they? And then your last question about 
the Fantastics ever been in the Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame, right? Yes, sir. Let me tell you something, brother. They used the Fantastics matches down at NXT to show the young guys, this is textbook tag team wrestling. This is what we want. The approval of my peers, and when I see them, and they tell me, man, you guys were great and awesome. And the fans, and I've had fans, brother, listen to me. You can ask my son. In 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 South Carolina, a couple of years ago, a man came up and about started crying, talking about the Fantastics. And I'm talking about a grown man. To me, I don't know if I'll ever be in the WWE Hall of Fame. But, number one, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And one, and I know that I am going to be one day a part of that Hall of Faith, and I already am, just like in Hebrews. But I have the approval of the of the of wrestlers and fans and stuff, and God has blessed me, brother. I I'm already I'm already there. I don't know if you yes, understand you that or not. I'm yes, already are. there. Even if Vince McMahon doesn't see fit to put us there. I'm already there. Listen, how, I, I want to say this to you, and this is good food, food for thought, and I've been saying this for years. Now, if the people aren't talking about the wrestling today, why will they talk about it 20 years from now? When they talk about John Cena, who's a super nice guy and his father is, but the thing they talk about more than anything is the things he does with Make-A-Wish, which is great, and that is awesome to do. But, you know, they're having a problem right now with drawing crowds and houses. And they should be killing it everywhere. They're head and shoulders above everybody. And it's just not happening. And I don't, and, and, and I, and I, don't, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess, Vince, the last big stars was The Rock and the Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I'm talking about the last hot hot thing. When you could walk down the street and see people wearing Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts everywhere. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. I do. And I mean just casual people. But The Rock, The Rock and Stone Cold was the last big stars wrestling had. They need to build some big stars again. The guys got to have that it. They got to have that it quality about them. And uh, I just... uh, I just, uh, like I said, I kind of babbled on and answered questions you didn't even ask. But uh, it was just my two cents, brother. I'm very thankful you guys gave me an opportunity to come out here. And I want to tell everybody, May the 26th, I'm hanging them up in Circleville, Ohio, at the wow. Fairgrounds Coliseum. We got a super fan fest oh, yeah. and a super wrestling show. Stars galore. The biggest card in Ohio. Stars from the old Sheik's territory. Big time wrestling takes flying Fred Curry. Wildfire Tommy Rich, we got all kinds of stars coming. Even Major League Baseball star Al Oliver is going to be in Circleville wow. on that day at the Fan Fest. He's a great, great uh, former Major League Baseball star. All kinds of great things are going to happen, brother. I hope Chris is on his feet and you guys get a chance to come on down. This is a public invitation to you, and we are excited about the great things that's going to take place May 26th. It's going to be my last match. We got an awesome card lined up, and we hope that everyone, the near shot of my voice tonight, 
makes plans. It's going to be a, it's a great three-day weekend to come out and see some good old-fashioned professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, where the yeah. good guys are cheered and the bad guys are booed, and that's what we like. And, brother, I just want to continue to pray for Chris for a full recovery. Thank you, brother, once again, man. Doing outstanding job. Appreciate everything you guys do, and God bless you, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Have a good evening. God bless you. you have too. a great rest. Sorry, guys. I do apologize for that. I do apologize for cutting Bobby Fulton off. Uh, I didn't know he was going to say anything else. And he was just saying, everybody have a God bless night. Everybody that was Hall of Famer. Had one half of soon to be WWE Hall of Fame, but even if they don't make it in the next couple of years, wrestling, wrestling, greats, legendary tag team of Fantastics, all brother in Christ, personally and professionally, Bobby Fulton, one half of the Fantastics. What a great guy, great regular here on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Very excited to have him on tonight. Spreading the good word of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Talking about the shield, giving his views and thoughts. But now we're going to break it on to, now technically the co-host, I would say, hopefully Chris don't get mad for saying it, the man himself, Double A, Alfred, what's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Hey, that was a lot of fun to listen to. I was very passionate. Uh, you know, I, I know he might have gone a little long, but I think it was well worth it. Good job, man. No, no problem, no problem. We got Double A here in the house, Chris listening from home. Thank you, Bobby Fulton, Brother Bobby, for promoting his show. Please, if you can, check it out, May 26th in Ohio, Circleville. I've never been to that part of Ohio. I'm sure Featherstone has since he is in the great state of Ohio. Got to put Ohio over because we all know that uh, (laughs) I'm a Marylander (laughs) from Maryland, from Baltimore. But Ohio has a special place in my heart. because of Chris and because of um, a lovely uh, soon-to-be wife. All right, Double A, we're here. How you feeling very quickly before we go to the Flavor of the Week? I'm feeling wonderful. Uh, Is it that directed to me? Yes, sir. Going to get you. How you, you doing okay? Want to make sure you're all right before we go to the yeah, Flavor of the Week. Yeah, I'm fantastic. You know, it's great to be here. Uh, prayers up to Chris Featherstone. I know he's going to get well soon, but it's an honor to co-host alongside yourself. Thank you, sir. Do you do you appreciate that? Do you appreciate that? Um, how's the weather where you're at? Oh, it's amazing. I'm always sunny at uh, 70 in uh, Los Angeles, but today was actually kind of muggy, a little rain, uh, but it's good. It's always a good excuse to break out a hoodie or a cardigan. <laughs> like I said, here in uh, Baltimore, we had weather of 82 degrees. Whoa. 82, yes. It will be 90 tomorrow, 90 for the rest of the week, so. Definitely uh gonna be gonna be hot like SummerSlam ninety two here in Baltimore <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> All right guys, here we go, flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, flavor of the week. Here for Pancakes of Power Slams, episode three eighteen. 318. Just want to start things off. <laughs> Laughing at Featherstone sending me a message. Stephanie McMahon, yes, the daughter of Vince McMahon on WWE going from pro wrestling to sports entertainment. Bobby Fulton just said, 
that he's not a sports entertainer. He's a professional wrestler. A lot of the legends of yesteryear, if you will, uh, hate the word, if we can say it, sports entertainment. But due to the great article that Chris Featherstone posted, Stephanie McMahon gave, basically was in depth about why they changed it. He's sports entertainment basically for profit shares so since they're a publicly traded company to get more, you know, to get more revenue, to get more stockholders, to get more ads and advertising. It's easier, of course, to sell your product, my background in business. We can tell them we're sports entertainment instead of professional wrestling. Alfred, give your thoughts on this model. Do you feel even financially it may have helped WWE in the past 10 or so years? But how do you feel as a wrestling fan? Do you agree with this, or do you want it to go back to being pro wrestling? No, I, I completely agree with this, and I'm not ever going to look at something as a fan and as somebody who's, like, impassioned and, and wants to see what would make me happy. I am almost forced to look at this from the standpoint of what WWE can do to grow their business as much as possible. When it comes to booking their product, they do actually book – for a lot of hardcore fans in the ways of who they're pushing these days and the ways of how they're um, referencing certain topics and whatnot. And NXT is a perfect example of how they are fully capable of booking for the hardcore fan. But when it comes to that boardroom, they have to book for as long of a reach as possible. And that's where sports entertainment comes in. And you can't argue with results because right now WWE stock is as high as it's ever been. Uh, they're about to make a record uh, TV deal, uh, whether they sign with USC Network or Fox. They're worth $3 billion, so WWE's business has never been better. And, you know, I, I understand that it is sentimental to talk about pro wrestling as opposed to sports entertainment, but sports entertainment is what's paying the bills. And I would feel kind of foolish saying that they have to go back to pro wrestling because I think that would be very selfish of me to, to want to speak on behalf of a very small percentage of uh, professional wrestling fans. Thank you for that. Good points, Alfred. Anytime I see your name, of course, I think about uh, I think about Batman, <laughs> the greatest superhero, in my opinion, of all time. Uh, I, I, I'm right there. I, I, with you. Say that again. I'm right there with you. Uh, it, the owner, great. I'm, I'm, I'm half and half with this. Uh, it, me being from, of course, <clears throat> Featherstone is Ohio. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. You know, all lineage in the in the in the world of pro wrestling was the territories, the NWA, WCW, the WWF. So we grew up with it being pro wrestling. On the business standpoint, I totally understand and agree with the move because you got to be lucrative. you got to have stockholders and investors. They're a publicly traded company. Like you said, they're on the verge of a historical TV deal. If they stay with USA and Viacom, Viacom being the parent company of USA and I believe NBC, or if they decide to go to Fox. But either way, you got to do, I know this was a cliche, you've heard it a lot the past year, it was best for business. And then also, T, Vince McMahon, from what I was told inside from people that worked with him, another reason why he did it, too, is Vince did it to have a loophole not to play, not to pay, excuse me, taxes. Because when you go to each state, you had to pay a tax fee. If you was pro wrestling, you had to pay an actual athletic fee if you were wrestling, calling the sports entertainment, you could have a loophole say, we're not wrestling, we're sports entertainment, so I don't have to pay taxes to each state when I travel. So business schematically in the business sense, I do agree. I, me, I would do the same thing. But as fans, I also can see the flip side 
or what the Bobby Fultons, what the Ric Flairs, you know, what the legends may say of yesteryear, the, the one-man gangs, those type of guys, the Teddy DiBiase's where their era was different. It was TV. Everything wasn't necessarily worldwide. It was territorial, and he took pride in being a professional wrestler. So I definitely do agree with that. Um, Alpha, anything else you want to add with uh, Stephanie McMahon? I'm sure that you brought up some great points in all the respect in the world to those who came uh, in the prior eras, like you mentioned, the Ted DiBiase's of the world. They were definitely brought up in an era where being a wrestler was a point of pride and it was more emphasis on the athleticism. But, I mean, the business had to evolve somehow. So I, I don't really think there is a wrong answer per se, but I completely, you know, I'm not going to argue against WWE classifying themselves as sports entertainment rather than professional wrestling. Yes, I definitely I do agree with that. To to the next to the next uh to the next topic or should I say discussion piece, fourth later of the week. Um, Shawn Michaels, I am gonna try to do the Vince voice. Everybody on my show loves it. I, I do it with Chris off air. Ellie just kicking my butt. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels <laughs> uh reported, reportedly was denied uh offer to appear at WWE's greatest Royal Rumble. Uh there was talks by Uncle Dave, you call Meltzer, by others, that Michaels turned down an offer. Uh, the week, I believe the week of the Greatest Rumble, or right before it, uh, Shawn Michaels was here in Baltimore for um, a, a great local promotion uh, with Shawn Waltman, better known as One Two Three Kid, X-Pac, Six, Lightning Kid, whatever you want to call him. And um, Shawn Michaels basically said, you know, even though there was a lot of money that was being offered, uh, Michael's basically said, don't even bother to send it to him. He wasn't interested, and um, he had things to do with his kids. I'm going to tell you this. My first thought was, come on, Michaels. I mean, you could have done like a 10-minute spot, you know, from Royal Rumble. You know, the both feet touching the ground started by you. You missed the Royal Rumble. When I thought about it, you got to give Michael's credit. He's staying true to his retirement. Yes, he was air quote in the ring. Uh, in the hall, in the Hell in the Cell with uh, in WrestleMania, I believe, uh, 29, the the end of an era. He did some work in the ring with Brock, some stuff here and there. But Michael, since he got retired by Undertaker, has has not wrestled an actual match. Now, unless we barely see him even get physical. So, after agree with Michael, you got to stay true to make that last match at WrestleMania to make uh, his appearance the the Raw after Mania that year that much more meaningful. Um, Alpha, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to see Shawn Michaels in the ring again. I think he is one of those rare cases of a wrestler who is at peace with his career, uh, has other endeavors that he would like to explore, and uh, has all the respect in the world for you know the Undertaker who retired him and the stipulation of a retirement to where I think by the time it was time for Shawn Michaels to go, he went probably two or three years too early. One could argue that he could still go in there and tear it up. So maybe he went 10 years too early, uh, but, uh, you know, eight years too early. With Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't take the money, you can point to the travel and it's Saudi Arabia and it's an 18-hour flight. But at the same time, if Shawn Michaels still had that bug to wrestle, I think he would be in Saudi Arabia doing that. But uh, I just don't think he does. You know, when he came back for his second run, uh, it wasn't the Shawn Michaels that we heard about, the nightmare stories of his ego and always wanting to be champion and never wanted to do the, to do the job. Uh, Shawn Michaels was champion for a brief stint, and then he spent the rest of his run 
uh, not being champion. And he, and he had his opportunities, but he didn't want to carry that burden because he was at peace with himself and because he had a family that he loved and he has his faith and, and hunting and all kinds of other hobbies. So, um, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see Shawn Michaels again in the ring, you know, <laughs> wrestling. Real quick, what are your thoughts, Alfred, on the new the new Shawn Michaels cut? Uh, the new he Shawn Michaels hair. cut. He, he got, the whole cut. Oh. Yes, he, he, I, I don't he like cut it. his hair you know, short. I, yeah, I grew up with long hair, Shawn Michaels. I was hoping that it was a prank or a rib. And uh, when I, I actually went to WrestleMania and I got to see him up close and personal, and it was a real deal. And I, I don't like it, but, you know, as you get older and you let go of your wrestling roots and your youth, you know, that's one of the things that comes with it. So uh, more power to him. Now, Alfred, I, we don't know each other's shoot ages, uh, not that I remember. Just to test, and anybody listening here live uh, to the Pancakes and Power Slams, and I know Chris is probably going to laugh at this. Uh, don't laugh too, too too hard, Chris. We want you back to heal fully. Is testing your age, Alfred. This is random. I'm random very much on topic. To test your age to see how old you are, how was Shawn Michaels' hair when you remembered him as a kid? Was it puffy and dry, or was it wet, wet and long? Uh, when I remember him as a kid, I, it was wet and long. It was definitely wet yeah. and long. But I, I both era, I grew up with the rocker Shawn Michaels, which I have fond memories of, um, and the single Shawn Michaels. So you know, I might have to say both. <laughs> all right, uh, um, <clears throat> that's all fine. Like, we all the same age group. Anybody listening to me not understand it. Puffy hair, Shawn Michaels was AWA, the Midnight Rockers, the Rockers in WWF. And, and then it, it was early 90s, the Rockers, and then it was, you know, we always call it like the Similac Michaels, like a baby, when he was starting to be on his own. You know, he had the zebra tights, and he, the Gorilla Monster used to call it that crescent kick, or, oh, what a maneuver, that kick. Uh, once he got his push is when he had wet hair, Shawn Michaels, you know, half the 92 when it was long, it was wet. And, and then, um, of course, anybody under the age of 25, they got uh, the 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 very thin spaghetti-like hair, Shawn Michaels ah. with the bald spot that we, <laughs> that we all know. Uh, it's, it's very funny, um, uh, real quickly, uh, to talk about the GOATs um, before we go to the next um, headline. Uh, the GOATs thing, who me and Featherstone, of course, uh, uh, Love Shawn Michaels and Sting had similar board spots I was watching um, uh, uh, The match we try not To speak of Him against Triple H at Mania 31 And uh, one of my friends was like Wow look at Sting's board spot And <laughs> I just started laughing I said you know what that, I never noticed it to now That was 4K TV And um, Sting cut his hair You know kind of It still has length but he cut it Now Shawn Michaels cut it So Long as they do not go bald. Yeah. You think about it. A lot of pro wrestlers, Triple H is bald now. I mean, Cena's bald spot is getting bad. It's like Stone Cold. Well, he he got overboard. It's like all the wrestlers we knew and loved that had so nice Hanks hair are just going bald now. This is so sad. What about <laughs> you, Alfred? Not. I'm not sure how your hair looks, but uh, if you bald, will you go? Will you go? The whole straight bald, no hair, or will you try to like keep it and hold it long as you can? I would absolutely go all the way bald because I just don't think a bald spot would look all that great on me. But at the same time, I have a really like 
round-shaped head, and I don't think I look good bald either, but I just have to take the lesser of two evils and just uh, go to move right there. I'll see myself. I'm sure uh, Featherstone witnesses. We was at Mania. My, I have curly hair. It was natural. My hair is thinning a little bit, so uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm holding on to it. I do not have the shaved head to go bald like Triple H <laughs> or the others. Um, speaking and Featherstone, he has long locks, so uh, yeah, I think Featherstone is going to be good for a while. Um, speaking of hair, Cody Rhodes. Dot his hair blonde. I'm sorry, I'm a little behind on Ring of Honor. Just roll I see Dot his hair last week. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, via Twitter uh, commented on his chances of returning to the WWE. Uh, and his tweet said, quote, unquote, unlikely. They have a huge place in my heart. They raised me. But my music is my music, and I play it how I want. I'm literally incapable of taking direction. Uh, this is uh, 2.22 p.m. on April 25th, if you want the actual timestamp, Cody Rhodes, uh, via this tweet, what do you think, Alfred? Given his thoughts on coming back to WWE, I know Chris has done this. I've interviewed many people on my show as well of people just leaving WWE. The one thing that's, that's said uh, to us during our interviews, either through radio, when we do in-person interviews on video, is a lot of people say, I like being away because I get to be myself. I get to find myself. I, I don't have so many strings attached. I get to do what moves I want. I get to find my own character. I don't have so much limitations. Cody Rose basically saying the same sentiments via this tweet. Um, how do you feel about that, Alfred? I was about to call you Cody. I'm sorry. How do you feel about that, Alfred? Uh- um, listen, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I think Cody Rose is just done the, the most admirable job of betting on himself and going out and becoming an even bigger star after just being the lowest of the low on WWE's totem pole. And this is a model of WWE superstar that, I mean, Vince McMahon just can't wait to get his hands on. And WWE loves those types of guys. If you look at a Drew McIntyre, who was just, he was part of three-man band in a comedy act before he said, no, I'm better than this, went out, made a name for himself, and they couldn't wait to get him back. He was a world champion in NXT and is on that same trajectory in WWE. So you look at Cody Rhodes, and maybe right now, you know, in the space he's in, he feels that he can't take direction and he, he wants to make it on his own. And in three years when his contract is up and he's done everything there is to do on the indies, and WWE does come calling because, believe me, I could guarantee you they're interested – is he going to just continuing on his path and throwing up the two suite and doing the book club thing and all that? Or is he going to go to WWE for what will be a huge payday and be able to negotiate terms and, and, and become an even bigger star with more leverage? Yeah, I agree with that. People, I say people, a lot of workers say, they, oh, I'm not going to come back. They raised me. That's true. I mean, Cody Cody is in a in a position where, uh, he 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 claims uh, he's and some wrestlers do. Some wrestlers, sports entertainers, get paid. They, they say they, they get paid more money outside of WWE than what they did. That can be believable. Uh, but at the end of the day, WWE is still WWE. It, it, it's the E. Your branding. It's your everywhere. You're known. So 
I could believe Cody what he's saying. He stays on top of RH. He gets pushed. He does work in Japan. So hopefully he stays afloat. <clears throat> I could attest to myself too, anybody that works. Once you get used to that freedom and you're used to doing things your way, still being respectively, and he has so much freedom, I can see Cody not coming back to WWE. Maybe a one-shot deal, maybe a tribute for his father. Maybe once he gets to the point in his career where he, you know, he achieves all he can, excuse me, in the indies, you know, if he wins the IWGP title or the IWGP junior title, now, once he, once he achieves the success and go to the Zenith in his indie career, then maybe I could say, okay, I'll go back to E. Because at that point, there's nothing more you can do. You understand what I mean? Uh, but right no. now, I don't see him coming back. Uh, I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Uh, what was your favorite, I would say, carnation, uh, Favorite uh, type of Cody Rhodes when he was in WWE? Uh, I really loved dashing Cody Rhodes. I, I thought that it just went to its next carnation too soon, and there was still plenty of juice in this cocky heel who was obsessed with his looks, and Cody played that off perfectly. And I, I, I did appreciate when he put the mask on and he had the paper bags and stuff like that, but I think that character moved way too quickly and was booked in a discombobulated fashion when, you know, those vignettes and how he was brought up was done very well, and, and I think that there was a lot of juice left in Dash and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I agree. That would have to be my favorite when he had the big, <clears throat> when he had the mask. Um, and I think that's really when he started to get over with the fans, when he had the mask uh, and he had the paper bags, he had the guys come out. I loved that. I, I thought it was amazing. I don't know why WWE cut that so quick. It, it didn't even give a chance to live, and I think that gave him character. Yeah. I mean, granted, the the um, what was Randy Orton's um, brand, uh, his, his stable with Pride was it? Legacy? What was his uh, stable? It was Legacy. Legacy, gosh, it, no one remembers Legacy Cody Rhodes. In in yeah. in, in, in Teddy Junior, uh, past guest of this show, and, and potential it is something that's gonna get him over and. Uh, it just Cody needed some kind of character, some kind of uh, charisma, something to go with him. And like you said, those paper bags and a mask, I loved it. Uh, his feet were bring Mysterio. That, that lasted past that WrestleMania fourth, um, CM Punk and all of those. Definitely loved it. Um, but shout out to Cody Rhodes doing a great job of RH in Japan, and I definitely uh, wish him much success. Definitely so. Yeah. Something uh, we mentioned before we get to the last headline uh, a week or so ago with Gold Dust. Do you feel his brother, of course, Dustin, uh, as Gold Dust, do you feel he's worthy of being in the WWE Hall of Fame? Oh, absolutely. Especially if you look at the standards set by WWE Hall of Fame where they've got a celebrity wing. And basically, uh, WWE's Hall of Fame standards are if you ever did anything of note, in WWE for a decent enough time, you'll, and you're on their good side. Or if there's money to be made uh, as a headliner, they'll put you in the Hall of Fame. And Goldust in WWE standards, okay, not, you know, taking into account, not like this is a real Hall of Fame in terms of looking at the 
uh, world championships and drawing power and all this stuff. But in WWE's ethos of a Hall of Fame, Goldust is a shoo And just based on longevity, based on the fact that he's a very memorable character, you know who's going to get in the Hall of Fame by when they're a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. That's almost like the precursor. That's like that's almost like announcing their eligibility. If somebody's a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, they're going to use pop like Goldust has time and again. He'll be a Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Goldust, who I spoke to um, a few months ago, we ended up being on a plane together. Good guy. I've met Dustin a good number of times over the years. <clears throat> Very talented. And so much psychology. He did uh, come out. He came off a tweet not long ago, a few weeks ago. It was kind of cryptic. People think he was going to retire. He came back out not too long after that and said how he's not going to retire, but he loves. He, he said this uh, 10 years ago. Um, um, I was watching a video he was uh, uh, working with students about how he always loves teaching the younger kids and and, and learning teaching them as an agent. So uh, more power to Dustin and hopefully Cody. Yeah. I don't believe he's at that point yet, but Cody, his brother, could get to the point where you know he'll be on uh, Dustin's level. And Cody is still very young; it, it takes time. Uh, for a last headline, Davari's brother. Um, I never could say his first name right. Uh, do you know how to say his first name, Alfred? Uh, Sean? Oh, Arya Davari? Arya, yes, Arya. Yes, I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, Arya Davari, uh, this recently after uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble, um, of course, which was in Saudi Arabia, uh, due to him, being, uh, him acting out in his character, got death threats. Um Avaria uh, posted uh, posted this on Twitter and said, unfortunately, some people took offense to this despite it being for entertainment. Some threats were made against my life. I wanted to put this statement out to clarify where I, I as a person, stand compared to my TV character. <clears throat> uh, this is posted at 1.03 a.m., May 1st. Uh, your thoughts, Alfred, on death threats? Uh, of course, uh, Arya is... Playing a character on TV. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, yeah, death threats are never a good thing. Uh, you know, even in pro wrestling, where you're trying to get heel heat one out, uh, it's really a, a scary story to hear uh, a wrestler getting death threats for just uh, merely playing a character. Uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this trip to Saudi Arabia, and I was against it for a lot of reasons. And this is just uh, for WWE to kind of take that extra step and, uh, and go political. Listen, they do it all the time in the States with the anti-American heel. And I do think that it was kind of interesting to see that play out between Iran and Saudi Arabia. I thought nothing of it, but now that we've learned that Arya Davari is getting death threats, I mean, A, people, people need to chill out. Uh, you never want to get issue death threats from something that you see that's make-believe on television. But B, this came with the territory of, uh, just a type of climate that they went into at Saudi Arabia. Nothing against Saudi Arabia. I know they have their, their culture and the community and um, and whatnot, but you don't want to tempt fate. You don't want to uh, take this highly sensitive political uh, uh, climate and then kind of poke the bear the way they did because that's what type of things are capable of happening. So, you know, I hope everything is okay. I hope the apology was, was good enough and he gets extra security, but uh, not a good look for anybody involved. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I do. Um, not really a good look. Y- you can look at it like as this. Now, if this had happened in the 80s, 70s, 
this was normal. This would get praised. Yeah, you did your job as a heel, and then this kind of this kind of this is touching a tad bit on our flavor of um, and uh, and uh, this is touching a tad bit, um, very a tad bit on what we'll be discussing later on. Um, I do apologize that I did hit flavor of the week early. I meant to hit the headline, so my apologies for that botch. Uh, in the seventies and eighties, this got praised. The, the heels you wanted. Uh, you hear the 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 Dr. Dusty was he was living Hexar Jim Duggan, the Mad Superstar, the hills of the eighties and the nineties. They talked about death threats and people slashing their tigers and and you know uh, the horsemen talked about getting rushed outside of arenas. That was the stuff you lived for because then you knew you did your job. Or baby faces, you would love to get cheered or the women chasing you and kids crying when they saw you. Nowadays, as you said, Alfred, it's a little different. We're in a different time. And like you said, you're wrestling in another country. That's serious. <laughs> you know, you Absolutely. you can't play with that. Um, and it was no social media <laughs> into the millennium. <laughs> we remember how it was in times with no cable, <laughs> no Internet, <laughs> no Twitter, no Facebook, no nothing, no cell phones. <laughs> you had fax machines. You had to write letters. <laughs> So it shows the it shows the and shout out to uh Devari's brother Arya doing that tweet and he had to, um, just to clear things out in the air. Do you wanna make a uh, quick note as well that uh Sami Zayn was not in attendance due to him being of uh descent of uh, Syria, Syrian descent, he did not uh he respectfully declined and did not uh wrestle at the Greatest Royal Rumble since it was in Saudi Arabia. Um, Alpha, what was your thoughts on that? I just thought that was another reason why they shouldn't have had this show. I mean, WWE, I'll be very interested to see just how much money they got to do this show because they must have secured one hell of a bag if you look at all the sacrifices they made in order to do this show, being the fact that they just came back from South Africa and they have this huge travel schedule where they're going to go to Canada and they've got a European tour on the horizon and now they're going to Saudi Arabia in the middle of all that and they have to agree to these customs where women can't perform on the show and Syrians can't be on the show and there's no representation of the LGBT or, or any of that. Uh, it's one thing to say, yes, this is their customs and whatnot, and I don't necessarily have a problem with WWE going to South America to perform for these people, but to broadcast this on their network, which has 2 million subscribers, and to play along with all this propaganda of how great women have it in Saudi Arabia now, and that's absolutely not true. And for WWE to just not only condone these actions, but help promote a false narrative right. of progression in Saudi Arabia, I, I didn't agree with it at all. It made, it, the whole thing made me uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I do agree with most of what you're saying. Uh, I'm on the flip side. I, I have to disagree to where I, I, I get why WWE did do the show. I'm glad that he did do the show in Saudi Arabia. I know this was a, a very big global uh, win on a business standpoint for them. Granted, you're right, Alfred, there was a lot of challenges presented, as we know, and, and that's what happens when you have these big shows in other countries. But I'm glad WWE did it. I, I mean, what other company could afford or have the backing that could go to another country? So on one end, I'm glad they did go. On the other end, like you said, when you go to another country, there are very severe risks because you have to adapt to that culture. Like you said, Finn Balor 
it was no LGBT. It was no equal rights. Saudi Arabia, and I explained this um, with some people uh, when it was happening last week, Saudi Arabia has one of the strictest rules for that type of lifestyle. And I'm not going to get into the punishment, but you can Google it. Uh, like you said, with the women, uh, it was no women on the card. A lot of people were upset behind that. It was contrary to what WWE's been standing for, the women's revolution, you know, women, and, and, and WWE's done a great job with, you know, women, you know, main eventing raw, main eventing pay-per-views. But yet, because of where they were at, it was a contradiction, and it went against their current business model and marketing for that for that demographic. But as I told people, you got to succumb to the culture. Now, I don't know how long, how many times after this WWE is going to be going to Saudi Arabia, but from well, what we've Well, they're going to come seen, back in November, and then they're going to be going there at least once a year for the next 10 years. Well, I, I did hear that. I did hear to get contract. So they're going back in November? Yeah. Wow. So uh, so are, are they going to call it the greatest Survivor Series of all time? Was everything going to be the greatest? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I feel like they could have came up, uh, before we go to the SmackDown and Raw review, they could have came up with a better title for that. Uh, to, to me, that was so much of a, that, that title was so generic. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. Hey. You can't you can't come up with a better title than that, but it's all fine. I mean, we we've heard worse. You know, we grew up in the '80s. We we we've heard worse titles for pay per views or events. Uh, and, great balls of fire. Yeah, I was gonna say, great balls of fire. Great balls of fire. All right, fans, listening live. It is now time for us to do the SmackDown and Raw theme. And once you hear this theme after this, we will go to a SmackDown and Raw review in just a second. It's time for the Raw and SmackDown review outfit very quick. Can you say the lyrics to those songs? To the Raw I... and SmackDown thing. <laughs> no way. It's like another language. I, I would have to learn another language. I'd need Rosetta Stone to learn the lyrics to that song. Yeah, I, I, as I said before, the best Raw theme, SmackDown theme is the themes that you can't sing along to. We don't know what they're saying But you heard it It got you pumped It got you excited You just knew it was time for raw. You know it was time for Smackdown uh, right. Alfred your thoughts In your review of Monday Night Raw 
I, I liked Raw a lot. It, it really adds to the show when the crowd is as hot as it was in Canada. And I just want to live in a world where every Raw show or SmackDown show has a crowd that hot. Not necessarily that aggressive when it comes to, like, do they have to cheer the bad guys and boo the good guy? But every crowd, uh, regardless of their affiliation, is that hot because it just adds to the show and it gives you, you know, chills to just see them just shower guys like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens with those cheers. It really started hot and kept my attention throughout. Um, and, and, and it elevated uh, some matches, which I thought would have otherwise like, been throwaway matches. When they would get into them, it, it would uh, enhance them. So I, I had a good job watching. Uh, it, it was interesting to see that they're just going to, they just going to bail forward with Roman Reigns to where they knew he was going to get booed, and uh, it wasn't a self-aware version of Roman Reigns because they have shown self-awareness where he'll know he's going to get booed, so he'll play into them booing him, and he'll drop the mic like he did after WrestleMania. But this time around, he just cut this promo, uh, just a standard babyface promo, and barreled through it, and the people were booing, and, and he was cutting the promo as if, as if they weren't reacting the way they were, which um, – I mean, at this point, you would think that if he's going to keep losing to Brock Lesnar, where else is there for him to go other than turning heel? I know uh, Fulton was talking about how much, you know, Roman Reigns is no over. That's just not true. Roman Reigns is very over. Roman Reigns does have a connection with those fans. It's just not the connection WWE wants him to have. But at this point in the game, if you're going to miss your boat and crowning him champion, uh, my one criticism with Raw was just how they continue to just beat this Roman Reigns babyface thing into the ground. Yeah, it, it was, and I agree with you. He keep beating it to the ground. And uh, everything you said about, I, I thought Raw was, was decent. Uh, like you said, Reigns is just, gosh, it, it, they keep beating it over your head. Babyface, babyface. We don't care how many times you boo, we're still going to push him as a babyface. And his promos are so generic. Come on. It's like, I, I, I don't know if it's WWE having them hand and fist to where they're like, you can't, you have to say script by script. You cannot ad-lib. I don't know how Reigns is ad-libbing, but something has to be done. And granted, he he is he is the man. He is the most important figure in WWE right now that is full-time. Captain Four Kids, John Cena's part-time. Randy Orton really doesn't care anymore. So he's just doing, he's just whatever. You need Roman Reigns, but his, his his promos, I cringe when he come out, and it's not Reigns' fault. It's just like, like you said, he's beating it over your head the whole Raw. How many times are you going to lose to Brock? It's like, it's like watching the Road Runner, at least the Road Runner and the Coyote, we knew, okay, the Road Runner kept coming, you know, every time we need watching cartoons, Wally Coyote was going to lose, lose to the Roadrunner. We knew it. Right. But it was fun. It was a difference. We, as kids, we had that glimmer of hope, okay, he's going to catch up to the Roadrunner at some point. Wally Coyote is going to get the Roadrunner at some point. Same way with speeding uh, 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 out, Pepe Le Pew. He kept getting denied and denied and denied, <laughs> and finally he got her. And when she finally liked them, then he stopped running away. But it, how many times are we going to lose to Brock? Now you have Roman Reigns. Oh, so we're just going to have, have him face lesser Brock. You can't beat Brock. Nobody can beat Brock. He's Superman right now or Doomsday or Thanos, whatever you want to call him. 
So we're going to have him face <laughs> the lesser evil and have him face. Okay, did, did we just see Reigns go against Joe <laughs> before Joe got hurt leading up to yeah. him facing Brock? <laughs> so I will say this. We didn't see the the colorful Finn. Finn stayed with his black tights. I, I, I enjoyed the main event of Raw. I really did. I I enjoyed one thing about Raw that I'll give it is Raw is not cookie cutter with the main event. Remember back when Cena was champ, when Cena, oh, Cena's going to be a main event. Show is going to be a main event. One Raw could be the women. The next main event could be next week, Strowman and Lashley. Monday, it was basically a ROH match. It was it was Finn Balor against Seth Rollins. And I thought the match was very well done. Uh, and, and you got to give it to him. I think Seth is really on his, really at the best that he's been in his career. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, what were your thoughts of SmackDown? Um, I, I thought SmackDown was good. Not as good as Raw. Uh, it, was a, it was a decent show. I um, I thought the first segment dragged. And, and when you have a crowd that hot, uh, you really got to kind of, just like they did on Raw, you got to build around and, and, and kind of milk that for what it's worth and get the crowd into it immediately. And then that's what they did with not only having Roman Reigns come out and having them react, so, which is actually a good sign. At least they're not apathetic toward Roman Reigns just yet. But not only having Roman Reigns come out and making everybody come alive, but Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as well. And, and you just got a feeling that this was a big show. I didn't get that feeling. I, you know, I almost forgot they were in Canada in that first segment because it was just talking and uh, there was nobody who was particular. Like, the Miz is over, but there was nobody who – was going to be celebrated like a hero in that in that segment. It was just your run-of-the-mill, let's set up a tag team match segment, and then they moved forward with this tag team match that uh, the fans didn't seem to be too into, although they did entertain themselves. Um, I will say the standout moment, a big cast continues to, to over-impress. I know a lot of people in that internet wrestling community are programmed to say how much you hate big guys and, oh, why does Daniel Bryan have to fight big cast? But what people always forget about Big Cass is that he could always talk. He's always been a very good talker, but he always had to follow Enzo. So when you're in the ring with pretty much the best promo in the business and you have to follow him immediately, it's not going to stand out how good you are. And Cass, a lot of people forget on how good he could talk. I mean, I watch this guy every week in NXT. I watched him on the main roster when he was with Enzo as a babyface, and he could hold his own on the mic. And I think he showed that uh, in that segment with uh, the little Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, same thing. I, I, I forgot they were in Canada too. And it's, some, it, it's Canada. That's why they call it Bizarro World. Is they didn't really react to a lot tonight. They just was there. Like, are we at? Are we in Broadway? Yeah. It's you know, are we in Japan? It, it, that you get it. You stay quiet and you. You're quiet and reverence and respect, and some things the SmackDown tonight just was. Okay, are y'all with this? <laughs> are you getting it? And like I said, I, I do agree. Um, Seth going against the Miz, I, I'm looking forward to it. I would have preferred. I really don't understand why you have Seth having a little feud with Baylor, but you got him facing the Miz again for the IC title, and the Miz is on SmackDown. So it's kind of like The Miz is on another show We've seen The Miz be IC champ Which give him credit He's really 
held that title down and really, really pushed that title to be as well as it is, and Seth can now take over. But I just was looking forward for Seth to be facing someone else at Backlash. Um, AJ Styles and Nakamura matches being ODQ. I'm pretty sure the bank this match is going to be better than WrestleMania. A lot of people were disappointed by the WrestleMania match. I just think two things. The match was so hyped up that I don't think they could have done anything to live up to the hype. Two, the crowd was exhausted. That WrestleMania was five hours and four minutes. I, we were there live. So I just think the yeah. crowd was just tired by the time AJ and Nakamura came out. But other than that, um, so what did you think, Alfred, with uh, with Sheamus? With Xavier Woods and Sheamus, what was your thoughts on that? Um, it's been weird how they booked the guys who have switched brands. It almost feels like when WCW came over to WWE in 2001, 2002, and whenever those new WCW guys would have their debut matches, no matter how big a star they were in WCW, it was almost like an edict that they just had to lose their first match in the WWE guys because, you know, they had to earn their keep. And that's what it feels like is that, you know, Sheamus is – this is his first SmackDown match in three years. He's a – Strong competitor. If they're going to do this feud between the New Day and the Bar, you got to establish the bar. The New Day's been established on SmackDown, so you got to establish the bar now. And for I was surprised that he just lost in the way he did, and he kind of looks foolish doing it too. It is how do you feel about the Bar being on SmackDown now? I actually, I mean, the, the SmackDown tag team division needs you know the Bar, the shows and. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, it feels like they, their feud has been going on forever. And, uh, having a, a feud with uh, – having a team like the New Day out there, which is, for a couple months now it seems like they've had not a lot to do since their feud with the Usos. So to have the bar and an extra couple of tag team guys out there is good. But this SmackDown tag team division is looking too great. And, um, you know, I, I think the bar can only help in terms of, of making it better. It, it, the, the question is – WWE needs heels. They need a heel tag team on SmackDown. Because you got to look at this. New Day's faces, we get it. They can't do anything but be faces. They're too over. They're the merchandise. They're the mega merchandisers. You got pancakes, bootios everywhere, unicorn. They can't be heels. Because you right. rush can't make them heels, then the merchandise is going to die. You have the Usos, the Thug Usos. They were heels, but they were so cool that you had no choice to make them a face. So, okay, now you got two faces. You got the Bludgeon Brothers, or the Hammer Brothers, or basically War Machine, before War Machine came to WWE. No one cares about <laughs> them. No one cares. Me and Featherstone was, was there. I'm not sure if you was at Mania. Live, but I know you watched yeah. it. The crowd was dead during the whole okay, match. In all, no, in all, they had to follow Ronda Rousey in that triple H, and no, no, nothing was going to follow that match, you know? That is true. But at least a pop, at least a cheer, at least something. They got nothing at all. I mean, New Day got, you know, New Day and Uso, it's just the Bludgeon Brothers themselves, their people right. do not care. And, and it's sad because they're talented. Har- Harper is so talented in the ring. Roman Roman is, is good. 
And, it, and Vince loves it, so we have no choice but to go with it. So my point is that I'm glad that the bar, which for some reason I noticed, for some reason on the graphics, they don't put the bar. Their tag team name is the bar, but they don't, they don't, they don't ever display it on TV as the bar. They still put the bar on Sheamus. I'm actually glad that they're heel tag team because you need that balance. Because whatever tag teams do you have on SmackDown besides the usual suspects in the bar? I mean, the Ascension is on Raw. No one cares about them. Yeah, it seems like the tag team division, I, I'm going to have to think that Sanity's on their way up. I mean, the, the, the cupboard is pretty bare for the SmackDown division on, you know, on SmackDown Live because I, I can't think of any outside of the ones that we just talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to think what other tag teams are on SmackDown. I'm really trying to think on that. I mean, what that's the type of place that the revival should be. Uh, Breeze, uh, Breeze Dongo, yeah, they're on Raw directly. And they haven't been on TV in what seems like forever. I, I don't know what, what the deal is that with them going to Raw. I mean, Drew McIntyre and uh, Dolph Ziggler are on Raw, and I think they're going to do just fine. But, I mean, they could have been superstars on SmackDown. So it's just it's, SmackDown has pretty much just started the tag team division and gone all in on their – on their singles division, because they had a very good draft from the standpoint of a lot of single stars, but for tag team wise, they've uh, got next to nothing. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say, what are your thoughts? The WWE's doing this thing with people in the in the locker room. They're like doing these Facebook Live videos and this, these letters across the screen. What are your thoughts? I don't think too many people like it. It's not going to bother me enough to, you know, make us think about it, but I don't think too many people like it. And I don't, you know, I do think it takes a little bit away production-wise to see this. and It does have a cheesy vibe to it. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of kids are watching that, and, and when they grow up, they're going to miss words on screen when WWE moves away from it. I'm sure there was a lot of things that we liked when we were kids watching wrestling that, you know, sometimes I watch on the WWE Network, and I'm just like, why did I like that? But it, it carries a nostalgic value to it, and then there's no explanation for why you like it. That is true. Uh, and you make a good point. I didn't think about that until you said it. As a word, I will say I'm loving the makeshift tag team of Ziggler and McIntyre. Yeah. Why are they together? We don't know. <clears throat> they just them together, but it worked. Definitely for Ziggler. I mean, McIntyre was a great worker in NXT. I think McIntyre is an example, similar to Cody, that the best thing that could happen to him is him leaving, uh, having a good run in, in, in TNA, and doing everything at RH and working all over to kind of get a new look. And the fact that he came back to NXT, did a whole 180, and now he's on the main roster. I enjoy it, and I love the tag team. Um, that tag team works. The tag team maneuver makes sense because it's a combination of both moves. Right now, the woke, the woke and Wyatt. So you can call them woke and uh, Hardy, and that. What is that tag team move? It makes no sense. Not sure yeah, what you think a, about that outfit. It, it 
it, it does. They they just I mean they they built off the fact that they had that great war and uh, Bray Wyatt got sent as the Lake of Reincarnation. It does kind of make sense from the standpoint of both of them are these kind of weird maniacal figures. And even when the Hardys were in TNA, they were going back and forth on Twitter between the Wyatts and the Hardys. And you remember that segment with the Wyatts and the New Day where the Wyatts try to rip off the the, the final deletion. With their own yes, backlot yes. brawl, yeah, yes. go off as well. So there's definitely a connection. It kind of makes sense that they're teaming together and, and that they're both supernatural characters. I just the problem with Matt Hardy is they're never going to invest in him and that character the way TNA did. To where with in TNA he got all the time in the world. They would do- dedicate multiple television tapings all around. Matt Hardy in that compound, but in WWE you get one segment to get across all your craziness, and then Michael Cole buries you, and then it's and then it's over with, and you move on to the next segment. So that's the thing that's going to hurt them is the fact that they're so limited time, and WWE is playing it off like they're too cool for this uh, for this gimmick. Yeah, the <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Is have we really got an explanation? Of why Bray is with Matt Hardy. Not not that we minded, because gosh, Bray needed an overhaul. But is there really an explanation on why? Is it because he got deleted? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's because he got deleted. When it comes to the the Lake of Reincarnation, which, okay, so at the end of their great war or whatnot, uh, Bray Wyatt got thrown into the water, and when that happens, you just come back as somebody else. A lot of people thought he was going to come back as a completely new gimmick where maybe he's going to shave his head or something, or who knows. But I guess the effect of him going into the water and that crazy feud they had was that now he's one of Matt Hardy's followers. It, it, saying this out loud it sounds so ridiculous, but we're just going to have to go with it. Right, it does. But, but, but it's great. It is great. So if if Woken Matt Hardy goes into the water, is, is, he, is he exempt from the, the Lake of Reincarnation? Because if, if Wolfgang Hardy falls into it, what happens? Does he go back to version one? Because I've seen most of the uh, of those segments, but I don't, I don't. I haven't seen all of them, so I don't know if he's ever gone into the water. And I don't see any reason to believe why he's not exempt. I think he turns into version yeah. one if he goes into the water. As I said, go back to version one. Yeah. Go back to version Absolutely. one. We be. Please, please don't let him go back to singles Matt Hardy that he was. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Um, uh, right before he left for TNA. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, he oh, was kind of uh, doing the. You know what I'm talking about? The the the, the Hardy. The Matt Hardy he just was bad. there. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, he absolutely. Just was there. We, 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 just please skip that if you go back. Please do. Uh, before we go to the legit flavor of the week, uh, very quickly, what was your thoughts of the Greatest Royal Rumble? Um, I mean, it was it was very well produced. It was produced like a WrestleMania. It was booked like a house show. Uh, I mean, the the build to the matches was done kind of haphazardly. And if you watched all the video packages, it was just kind of like highlight reels. It wasn't really what the actual conflict was between these two. And it just felt like a, a nondescript exhibition. You know, it felt like anything that happened on this show, when it was all said and done, none of it's going to matter. And um, 
It was just a show for the sake of the show. That's what it felt like. But it was good. It was fun. I didn't hate it, but it it just didn't mean anything. Yeah, they agree with you. Uh, I, I thought it was a good house show that we got to see on TV. Um, they did. I had a, a lot of fireworks, a lot of fireworks. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was well done uh, for what it was. Of course, the, the, guy, the elephant in the room was Titus O'Neil. What were your thoughts on yeah. Uh, that poor guy. Uh, the thing is that I, if you want to look at the bright side, you know, uh, Titus O'Neil wasn't really doing much in terms of Titus Worldwide. They weren't really getting that much TV time. When they were, they were getting squashed. So this is going to add some, this is going to add some uh, years to his career potentially. You know, he's going to have a little bit more uh, leg room in, in terms of they've already got the merchandise out with the Titus Worldwide like slip and fall T-shirt or whatever it is. I think it's just like. When you you know really gonna have the greatest slide, do it worldwide or something. So listen, more power to him. Get your money. Uh, I, I hope WWE doesn't just bash this into the ground and week after week he's got this gimmick where he's always falling down. But you know, knowing WWE, that's what they're gonna do. Uh, you know, he's gonna handle it in stride. And uh, I'm just glad that he's he survived because that could have been a lot uglier than it was. How would you compare it to Shockmaster? Oh. <laughs> this is this is Shockmaster for millennials. I, I I really think I would like to see a millennials react to the Shockmaster and then to Titus Worldwide and see which one is worse. I personally think Shockmaster is worse because it was supposed to be a big angle and it was completely screwed up and there was no hiding from it and it was live. Uh, with Titus Worldwide, you know he slipped and fell. They laughed at him and it's going to be part of his career. But I don't think it's going to live in infamy the way Shockmaster does. I don't think it's going to replace that. Funny as well, if we get to the flavor of the week, is uh, the shock mess, and I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Fred, and um, so is Chris, and I, I was uh, just talking to Fred over WrestleMania weekend. And my, my favorite part, you know, of course, thing is he's going to shock the world because he's a shock master, and he falls, and if you hear flying away, it's like, oh, Oh man! Oh God! You know, it's the same, the, the same motion, the same, the same reaction Flair gets when, and me and Chris joke about this a lot when Flair gets superplex, the suplex, the little backslide. Oh God! Oh God! The same thing he said when Chuck Mester fell, and to me, Fred falling is hilarious. In 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 the reactions, but it just watch it again. You see Flair say, "Oh." Oh, and this is like, what do you, Blouse, yeah, Sting, and, and people forget, and I'm, I'm, my, my good buddy Stevie Ray, and I, I should actually talk, ask him about this. People forget Stevie Ray and Booker T was right there. Everyone remembers Sting, Flair, Davy Boy, Sid was there too. It is just, yeah. <laughs> just some falling. It's just, oh man, this, this is great, but. Titus Worldwide, uh, it, it's up there, but I still see Shockmaster is the greatest botch, um, greatest botch <laughs> that has to be. All right, guys, it is now time for the Flavor of the Week. And, guys, I do apologize. I'm going to play this thing the right way. I, I played the Flavor of the Week thing earlier for the headlines, which I do, I do definitely apologize so, um, definitely so. Now I cannot find the Flavor of the Week thing. Here we go. Flavor of the Week. 
It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, finally got it right. This is the Flavor of the Week. This week's Flavor of the Week will be Alfie's biggest WWE heels of the 1980s. Yes, 1980s. Go ahead and you when you think of WWF 80s heels, first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, I think about Jake Roberts. Jake and Jake Roberts, just in hindsight, the more I grew to appreciate wrestling, the more I just thought this guy was incredible. From a psychology standpoint, from the way that he always had a reason as to why he was doing something sinister, even if he didn't agree with it. I thought he was scary when I was a kid. I've never liked Snake, so I think he's scary now. Uh, that's one of the guys that holds up, and I think he's still be a heel to this day. Um, and if you want another one, it's uh, Body the Brain Heenan. I just thought, I know he wasn't a performer, uh, a wrestler, uh, a manager, but just, just he was a guy who's guaranteed to get heat. He was so over as a heel. But if X was associated with him, they automatically became a heel, whether or not he had a good uh, reason. I just thought he was a master of his craft. And uh, I think he was my favorite heel in terms of the 80s. Then we got guys like Ratchet and the Group, who was just an archetype and prototype for the pretty boy heel who knew how to get cheap because people knew that he could take their girlfriend. Yeah, I agree with you. Of course, Jake the Snake, one of the greatest heels of all time. Uh, you gotta do this. You want 21? I got 22. You gotta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jake was great. Uh, just, uh, he never yelled. His, his his menacing as a snake, calm, directive interviews that was so cold and menacing and, and so methodical. And the DDT, the same as the hill was just amazing. The psychology of everything. Just as a kid, I remember watching TV when 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 Damian bit Savage. I thought it was real. And yeah. something Jake. Uh, showed me he was watching it back two years ago. Uh, Jake was like, "Hey, hey, look, look, look! They don't do that anymore. They don't do it." That know we was talking about the media. He said, "That's that. They actually show the crowd's reaction." Something WWE does now. You know, they, they they force it now. You can tell Kevin Dunn is like, "Get the crowd, get the crowd." That was that was a OMG moment. Get the crowd. But but the, the little boy. I, I wonder who he is. The little white boy that was crying when Savage got bit. It's classic. Uh, but for me, uh, Rick Rude, uh, this, this, like he's the pretty boy heel. You hated him because he was pretty. You know, he, he had the, the, the classic promo of of, uh, of skeezers and sweat hogs. He had the body and the music. and He would kiss the random girls. And he had the types that would just get to you. He had it as Jake the Snake's wife or the warrior or whoever he was facing. Even, uh, I was sticking with the 80s, this... That was just so great that he used his tights. And I don't remember anyone doing this before him. Yeah. The way his tights was a part of his psychology to get you. You know, spray painted tights. You know, the, 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 the picture for you. He just was great. Heenan, the greatest of all time. I love Heenan. He was just wonderful. Heenan always said, you wrestle like a manager and you manage, manage like a wrestler. And uh, yeah. Heenan will always put his people over um, up, gotta give a shout out to Piper, Roddy Piper. Of course, that, that's that's the the common name everyone would say. Roddy Piper, 
just was amazing. Uh, promo, Piper was a great promo. Uh, uh, he was great for who he was. You know, Piper's pit. I'm not even going to mention the coconut, uh, uh, smashing it over Snooker's head. But it's the things Piper did, knowing how to talk, and knowing how to work in the ring, was just what is great. Uh, what are some other heels or outfit that you think about? Uh, the Million Dollar Man, Tiffany Yashi, was fantastic. That's a guy who never flipped to being a babyface in WWE. It's a guy who could never envision as being a good guy because essentially he wanted to buy everything. He was one of those, to somebody who visualized society as evil, and I think some of the best heels are, are people you can immediately identify, and you know somebody like that, or you know of somebody like that on television, and Ted DiBiase embodies the, the, the millionaire who was greedy, who was going to do anything that he could to be corrupt, and to show that other people were corrupt, you know, everybody has a right, the great layer of Ted DiBiase is a deal that not only was he a sinister person, but he used ways to show you that you too can be a sinister person. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you saying. I, I, I do agree with <clears throat> what you just said with the hill. That's a good point. I didn't even think think about that. Uh, another guy I would say, Bad Knees Brown. Yeah. Bad Knees Brown was a good hill. He doesn't get credit. He he just was bad news. He just was a mean guy, mean black man. He just reminds you of like somebody's mean dad or mean uncle. He was a flash. Oh, yeah. He had the ghetto blaster, the the, the survive kick and the flip kick. He just was mean. He just was mean, uh, and it was he was just an old, old school brawler. That just how it was. That just how it was. Uh, what would you say uh, Alpha was savage uh, before we wrap up for the night? Uh, Savage is one of my favorites of all time. He's definitely in my personal top five, and I think should be top five wrestler ever. Um, not only was he a good wrestler, he just scored everything he had into being a bad guy. He had intensity. He really was the star of the Randy Savage. Jake the Snake didn't have to yell. He kept that at his low tone, and he was great at doing that. But Savage was the opposite. Well, he was great at being that over-the-top, obnoxious heel who was, you know, just obsessed and uh, was a madman. You know, was scared and mad him because the guy who was just going to be a ninja. So, you know, I really loved uh, Savage Hill. Yeah, the Savage Hill term, one of the best. You can say it. Looking back, you can feel it. You know, I was like laughing Hogan overacting. Liz, why don't you talk to him? <laughs> you know, Savage never punched straight. He will always punch at an angle. Now I can Savage right. over. Now I can hold it over. This was definitely awesome. Guys, I think Pancakes and Power Slams tonight. What a great show. We think great brother Bobby Fulton for coming on to the show for gracious with his presence talking about his upcoming show his last show he's going to be retiring guys listening live and archive May 26th in Circleville, Ohio thank you brother Bobby for giving insight on Roman Reigns on the shield on what it's like to be a heel in the face and psychology of today's pro wrestling I want to thank my man Alfred for joining us tonight being the co-captain for tonight's show Playing my role as I play Chris's role tonight, giving great insight on everything, such as Stephanie McMahon, why he changed it to from pro wrestling to sports entertainment. 
giving our thoughts to small raw, raw and of SmackDown. Uh, one thing I do want to add very quickly, uh, we didn't mention, uh, Alfred. What are your thoughts um, on Backlash? Are you looking forward to it? Who do you see uh, coming out as the winner? Um, I'm not particularly looking forward to Backlash. I feel like there hasn't been enough uh, on the show because we're kind of in this transitional period where they're just establishing a lot and have a lot of crossover there. So it's going to come off like another exhibition. But and uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, somehow I like Roman Reigns in that match. I think uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is going to win the world title, and I think uh, uh, what else? I think the Miz. No, I don't think the Miz is going to win the Intercontinental title. I think, that's, I think everything's going to stay the same other than Shinsuke Nakamura winning the world title. You're not excited about it at all. You're not excited we about that. Yeah, would you say this is a more so of another house show that'll be on TV? It, it kind of like that, doesn't it? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. There are two separate brands. There are Miz and uh, Seth Rollins. And you, you just can't put too much because they haven't taken enough time to establish new storylines with their new roster. I just want to go through a couple of the matches right quickly. Uh, apparently, you have Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Ember Moon, and Natalya versus the Wild Squad and Mickey James. I uh, definitely forgot about that match. Uh, pretty much might as well say uh, Ember Moon, Sasha Banks, number win. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy. This probably could be the kickoff show. Uh, let's see, Cedric Alexander retaining the title. Uh, do you agree, Ced? Uh, do you, you agree, Alfred? I do agree with You also have, of course, the New Day versus The Bar. I, I feel The Bar should definitely win since they're getting... Basically, reintroduced to the SmackDown audience. How do you feel? Yeah, I can see the bar winning that one. Yeah, Braun Strowman and Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I mean, we saw this match two weeks ago. It's happening again. <laughs> it's the same result. It'll be the same thing. It'll be the Braun Strowman show. Lashley a D about T moves because he doesn't have a finisher yet. I see Strowman and Lashley winning. <laughs> Yeah, you got your boy. Say that again, Alfred. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. A big cast versus Daniel Bryan. This one's interesting. Uh, You know, I think I think Daniel Bryan wins, and big cast beats him up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I say big cast wins. I mean, Daniel Bryan really doesn't need to win. Uh, you got to put big hands over. You do. You do. Uh, United States title match, Jeff Hardy versus Orton. Gosh, Orton is this. This is there. I got to see Jeff Hardy wins this. Yeah. Actually, Orton can see uh, interference. Let's see, and then the interference. Jinder Mahal or uh, somebody interfering, interfering in this. Uh, you mentioned about, uh, you gave your predictions already for... Rollins versus the Miz. I say Seth Rollins will win it. Um, right. I, I don't the burn it down. I, I I can't get with it. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> the, 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 the fans are, are chanting it now with with his lead up to the curb stomp or the stomp on a Rollins stomp. <clears throat> I, guess, I guess it works. If the fans love it, then I like Rollins. Instead, burn it down. It's always left when I hit it. Yeah. Hey, we get a rematch of WrestleMania. Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Nia Jax wins in the squash. 
what he has to say. Yeah, I got, I got Nia Jax. Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. I see Carmella um, winding her way to a victory. I think it's going to be an underhanded win or put her on the rope. That's going to kind of define her title run. Yeah, man. Shout out to Oscar. We've not seen her. She's just been, she's been desolate and absent since Mania. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Reigns and Joe. It's, and I'll say for this, is Reigns leaves the Brock every time, but Joe isn't good enough to be Reigns. So how, how are we going to look at him as being a formidable threat? If he can't be Reigns, you can't be Brock. I feel Joe should win this, but they're going to let Reigns win. Yeah, Joe and he's been cutting some fantastic promos and routes this match, but I just think that, you know, Joe has been getting the better Roman on the uh, Roman on the mic after this, so I just think that it's actually gonna lead to getting the win. Yeah, I definitely agree. And of course the last match, the mid for Backlash, Nakamura versus AJ Styles, no disqualification for the WWE heavyweight title. AJ Styles wins. I've got Nakamura, man. He's rising as a heel. It's, it's, I think it's style enough from Nakamura. I mean, this is the third time they're facing off for the title, and each uh, of has had it for a long time. I want to see Nakamura have a little bit of a run with this thing. Uh, I, I agree. After, yeah. I, feel that, I feel WWE might play it safe to keep AJ's champ. But like you said, we've seen AJ's champ before. Nothing new there. Give it to Nakamura. Have him have a heel run. That's what I say. Every guys, that was our our predictions of WWE Backlash. Remember when Backlash was uh, debuted as an In Your House? As much most most of these pay-per-views started as an In Your House, or uh, like 35 to 48 of them. Um, thanks everybody for listening to Package of Power Slams. As I filled in for a great host, recovering Chris Featherstone. This is Pancakes of Power Slams 318 episode. Love all you guys. Thank you fans for listening live. Shout out to the fans that's in their archive. Featherstone, love you much, brother. We wish you a speedy recovery. Of course, next week, same time, same place, same station, same blanks. We'll be paying Kiss Apollo Slams 319 next week. First Featherstones will update you guys on who the great guests will be next week. And, of course, yours truly will be back in the co-captain's chair while Featherstone will be back running the ship, if you will. Want to thank my man Alfred for coming in, filling in, and joining me as we talk about the great sport of professional wrestling. Thank Brother Bobby Fon for calling in, giving his insights on his thoughts of everything that he talked about. The Shield, Roman Reigns, the Fantex is being into the Hall of Fame. Thank you guys. Love you much, Alfred. Go ahead and end it. Thank Anything you, you want to end it with? Nasty. It was a pleasure. I can't wait to see you guys again. Can't wait. Get a chance. I'll go back and watch that shot master fall. And, uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> listen to I Rick can never Flair's. see that enough, Bob. I'm not going to go back and look. <laughs> Definitely. Everybody be safe. I hope you have a good night, Flash morning. Everybody listening to our live, y'all have a blessed night. And we'll be back next week for Pancakes and Power Slams 319. God bless and good night, everybody.